With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Dialogue Between the Lines. I'm your host, Joshua Graham, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Susan Wingate. And we have got a great show for you today. We've got Rick Richter of Ruckus Media, and he is an amazing man who has uh, quite a background in the publishing industry. But uh, we'll talk more about him later because there's a lot of things to uh, to discuss. Uh, this is not going to be uh, your everyday guest. This is a very special guest because of the, the type of work he does, and as I said, we'll get more into that. But Susan, how are you today? I'm doing great, Joshua. How are you? I'm doing good, and um, I missed you guys last week, but I heard your interview, you and Terry, with Ryan Williams, and I was kind of envious because Ryan is, of course, a friend of mine as well, and I wished I was there chatting with him, but you guys sounded like you had a good time. We had a lovely time, and Ryan is quite an accomplished author and um, mm-hmm. just you know a great all-around guy. He um, he he's prolific in his uh, writing. I mean, he's in a, quite a bit published as well. So um, yeah, it was lovely to talk with him about writing and the writing world and his writing life. Um, he's also um, he runs a library in Washington State. Um, and uh, in fact, he he lives fairly close to me, and um, so it's interesting to to hear the balance between his uh, actual job that he goes to, and then the job, the second job he has with writing and uh, all of his publishing of his novels and his short stories and everything. So yeah, it was a great interview, and I really learned a lot. But we did miss you. We missed you terribly, and and I'm so glad to be back with you again this week and especially you know with having um mr richter with ruckus media group today um and he will be joining us at about ten ten for those of you that are listening and we're really excited about talking with him and um and his amazing company and it is amazing so uh, but we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a little bit hey joshua um what's been going on with you well, uh, things are. I had just over the past weekend appeared at Barnes and Noble with two other two other authors, and we did an author panel called "How to Get Published," and what a great topic that is. So you can imagine that the audience there were a bunch of uh, a whole bunch of aspiring authors who want to know more about the different ways, the different venues people can get published. And, and after that, we did a book signing, um, and I did a book signing for my novel Beyond Justice. It was covered by East County Magazine, and in fact, the book reviewer for East County Magazine, who was a guest on our show, Dennis Moore, was the person who arranged it. And it, uh, apparently it went so well, it got such a good response that uh, the Barnes & Nobles down there in uh, La Mesa, California, they are planning to do a series of these. So 
we'll see um, in the near future more of these type of events. It was a lot of fun. Uh, the three of us on the panel came from very different backgrounds. One person w wrote um, nonfiction, memoir, and type of books. The other person wrote uh, like crossword puzzles and that type of thing. And I, I of course, wrote, uh, my book Beyond Justice is a uh, suspense thriller. And we, we each got a chance to share a bit about our journey to publication as well as um, field questions from the audience. So it was a very interactive it was a very interactive session, and we had uh, Jane Mitchell from our local Channel 10 News. Uh, she does interviews with local sports stars, and she actually just came out with her book uh, called One on One. I'm hoping to get her as a guest on our show, too. She came and uh, chimed in, and she was just a lovely person to get to know. And uh, her book has uh, it was like 670 pages, if you can imagine, wow. worth of interviews with uh, all-stars like um, LT, the football player, um, Ted Williams, the baseball player, just fantastic context that she has and that she's met mm -hmm. and, and spoken to over the years. So it was a great experience. And anybody that's out there that doesn't know, LT is Lawrence Taylor. So um, he's <laughs> quite an amazing. He's, but, I mean, I can't imagine that there's anybody out there that doesn't well, know. Well, so. I think his name is Loridian Thomas. Loridian Thomas. Tom, Tomlinson. Tomlinson. Actually, a football player. <laughs> Yes. Oh, okay. oh, so that's the that's the the LT you're talking um, about. Yeah. <laughs> That's totally awesome. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm not well. really that much um, of a sports fan myself, but um, I remember that they mentioned that at LT, and apparently football fans probably all know LT as that one. So. Wow. Well, yeah. um, I've always known that LT was Lawrence Taylor, and Ladanian <laughs> Tomlinson is oh, um, also okay. an LT. But it, so it was Ladanian Tomlinson. Ladanian Tomlinson, I, I, I believe so. It's, he's amazing. Oh, he's a football he's player. A, yeah. I love football, so um, I I uh, I do follow I do follow football. I love football. Wow. Good. <laughs> anyway, but and yeah, we that would be great to have her on the show. That would be yeah. fabulous. Mhm. Mm yeah, to hear some of her stories about some of the 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 um, sports celebs. That would be so much fun, wouldn't it? Hmm. Oh yeah, and she's got a lot of people that she's interviewed. So, and another thing that uh, that I'd like to share is that um, in a couple of weeks, I'm thinking maybe in about two or three weeks. It really depends on how the marketing plan goes. We're going to do the official announcement uh, for the release of of that uh, book I've been talking about for such a long time, uh, called Once We Were Kings, and it's a epic fantasy, or you might consider it young adult fantasy. Um, it's going to be coming out in ebook for just about every single ebook reader. And it's also going to be coming out in hardcover. So um, as soon as we have a release date for that, I will announce that. But uh, I can tell you that behind the scenes, lots of things are going on. We're generating a buzz, and we're, we're, we're getting a marketing plan out so that um, we'd like to create some kind of launch event. So that could involve things like giveaways and that type of thing. But more on that as it develops. Oh, that's wonderful. And I know that story, so I'm really excited about um the the fact that it's coming out um in print and in ebook. So um very excited about that. Thank you. So um yeah, wow. You? You've got a a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. Well and so do you. So uh, tell us about what's going on in your side. Well you know I have mostly I've just been writing lately. Um I have but I'm starting to gear up again. I'll be at a, a few different uh venues um the library, the San Juan Library, um, that's where I live on San Juan Island, and um, 
and uh, I'll be traveling over to Leavenworth to a book for all seasons. And um, I'm going to the BEA this year with um, the uh, arc of the third novel of in the in the series the Bobby's Diner series which is called now it's got a working title called Sacrifice at Sea do 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 it's very very uh suspenseful <laughs> and uh and exciting and um and lovely and I'm working with one of the best editors I've ever worked with actually I'm I'm happy to say she's been fabulous her name is Melissa Munnerlin and um she's with Blue Star Books and she's a lovely young lady who has been just um, somebody that I've really learned to lean on for help. She's wonderful and um, and just so intuitive, and everything that she's recommended has been spot on. Um, you know, sometimes you'll get editors where they're basically proofreading, and it's just it's not helpful. I mean, it, it of course, catches all those boo-boos, those errors, of course. I mean, there's a, there's a reason for that, but to have an editor that can – can understand your voice and understand what you're trying to say is is, uh, is a real value. So um, it's been a lovely experience working with her. Um, so thank you, Melissa. If you're out there listening, um, you've just been the cream of the crop. So um, and uh, and then I have another yeah another book that's being released by Roberts Press. Um, the it's. Its actual street date is going to be, I think, um, I think it's May fifteenth. I think that's what they told me. So I will be taking that as well to the BEA, and um, I'll be at an autographing event there. Um, there's uh, a, a few. Uh, there's, I think, there's two or three days of autographing events, and I'll be there on, I think it's Wednesday or Thursday. Oh dear! But anyway, I'll be there. <laughs> From one until two in the afternoon, signing books and and chatting with people. So I'm excited about that. I'm very excited about that. But the 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 venues that I'll be at in in April will be um, for workshops for writing workshops. So I'm that's always fun too. I love to meet the people that take those um, those uh, classes with me. Um, and uh, and then I've I'm starting a workshopping. Um, what should I call that? Uh, I guess it's a series of workshops through the Pacific Northwest Writers Association. They have the Writers Cottage in Issaquah, Washington, and I've already um, gotten uh, people such as Anthony Flacco and Sheila Bender and Jill Marr, Agent Jill Marr. Sheila's a nonfiction author, and Anthony Flacco is nonfiction and fiction. Uh, his uh, very popular, The Road Out of Hell, went to movie as a just did a couple of other. Um, books of his, but um, he will be doing the workshops with me, as will Sheila Bender and Jill Marr. So I'm excited about that. That's but you know what I'm really excited about? I'm excited about the fact that it's 1010 right now, and we have one of the most fantastic um, guests on our show. His name is Rick Richter with Ruckus Media, and he has quite a bio that um, I'm going to read a little bit of when he comes on, but I would like to introduce Mr. Rick Richter with Ruckus Media Group. You are on the air. Hello. Hello. How are, How are, you? are you? Doing great. Thank you for joining us. Yes, welcome to the show. Why, thank you very much. This is wonderful. We're really happy to have you. Um, we had a little bit of a pre-show chat, and um, Rick, 
thought he might want to sing, but I don't think um, <laughs> by putting him on the spot. I, I think I, like I might have missed my window of opportunity for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we well, well we it can. was a joy to hear, so thank you very much for that. <laughs> so um, I would like to uh, to to tell some of the listeners what they what what we're, we're we what we have here <laughs> or who we have here I should say. Um Rick Richter is the CEO at Ruckus Media Group. Um and we'll talk in depth about Ruckus Media because um it's it's incredible. Um he was the he's a past president of the children's division at Simon and Schuster. He's president of sales and distribution division at Simon and Schuster. He was the president at um of children's publication correct at Simon and Schuster and at also at Candlewick Press. Now they're in Massachusetts, but they are quite a um big deal. Um uh and then and then you were also the director of sales at William Morrow. Um wow, what a what a list of credentials. Well this is actually uh, my third startup. Um Candlewick is certainly uh, uh you know a great success story and uh, I joined uh, that group in 1990, and um, you know, in very similar circumstances to where Ruckus is right now, um, where you know we have a bunch of people in relatively ragtag uh, offices, and uh, we're working like crazy, and uh, with a mission. Um, and you know, in 1990 for Candlewick, it was a mission to, uh, you know, to take uh, kids' books uh, to another level. And now, uh, you know, we, you know, what I've chosen to do is to dive headlong into uh, this new digital world. Um, and to be a, a pure play digital publisher. Well, well, it's it, quite incredible. Um, I do have, um, I've, I have, I have pages and pages of questions actually for you, but we we only have a limited amount of time. Um, so, Ruckus Media Group is 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 something in the 21st century that is, I think, going to be lasting for a long, long time. Um, would you please explain to us exactly what the apps are like? Um, I want to I want to read my actual question because I think it's a little bit better than what I'm doing right now. It says it seems like this is pretty cutting edge stuff. These children books apps. So who do you see as your competitors? Well, we have. Um, it's interesting. There are about 350,000 apps that exist on the Apple iOS app store, um, wow. and about 90,000 apps exist on the Android platform. Um, about 10% or let's say 35,000 of these apps are, uh, uh, again, in the, in the, on the Apple Store, um, are children's apps. Um, and uh, But many of these apps are, are uh, made by folks who are just experimenting because it's, it's certainly a crowdsourced um, uh, uh, media outlet right now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what we set out to do is really to, to, to punch through a brand in this space to, to bring our experience and in, in, uh, expertise in children's media to creating, a you know, a really robust experience in, in apps and, and uh, to, um, you know, to have parents really feel, you know, great about handing their iPhone or their iPad or, or their Android device to their child because they know they're going to have an absolutely fantastic experience. We have two or three uh, competitors, um, and they're great competitors, and very legitimate and wonderful people. Um, one is Callaway Digital Arts, which is uh, uh, started by the uh, son of the person who started Callaway Golf. Um, sure. And um, he has um, assembled quite a nice team uh, in New York. And then another uh, company is Ocean House 
media uh, out on the West Coast who do the Dr. Seuss apps, um, and they, um, you know, they're also a very interesting company, mostly coming out of the software uh, part of the business. We're we're probably the company with the deepest DNA in uh, in children's media, um, but uh, you know, at the same time. Um, we expect that there'll be other major competitors that, that arrive, uh, just because the space is, is so ex- exci- exciting and interesting. Well, will you please explain to our listeners what exactly these apps are and what they do? Well, the, you know, for 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 the the writers in the uh, you know on the line, and for anyone who is is writing for a kids audience or or even an adult audience, it's important to to, to make a distinction between uh, a straight ebook. Which is a you know a, a, a flat digital presentation of a page, an enhanced right. ebook which may contain other um, aspects, but really still is trying to hold the idea that it is a book um, and that um, you can you can engage in other ways with the book, but uh, it still really is a book. And then an application is really a full inter- fully interactive experience. And what attract me to to applications is you know I I, I joke that I was saying, but I actually I'm I'm, I'm a music nut. Um, I love animation. Um, you know, I love great narration. I love gaming. Um, and for me, it was a place finally where all these interests could come and land in one place. Um, and that really is what an application is. It is a, a fully interactive experience. And in our applications, our goal is to have uh, you know anything that happens in the app um, propel the story. So you might complete a game to keep the story going. Um, you may uh, you know there's so many different ways in which you can interact, but always story based. Right. Wow. And I think uh, Joshua... Yeah, I'm here. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. I thought that we went dead. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I I talk at about a thousand miles a minute, so... No, no, we we got... (laughs) It doesn't surprise me (laughs) that you you might want to catch your breath. (laughs) No, that's okay. That's okay. Um, No, it's it's very interesting. I was really interested in in reading about... um, how what they do and uh, how you can how a child um i you know of course i read the the article about the autistic little girl right. so that was that was incredible and and what uh what an honor for your company to have somebody write something like that um so i was more interested i think in in actually how they work how they work how uh, how a person would interact with with the um application well the uh, you know when you in our apps when you um, open the application it is a bit like opening it is a bit like opening up a book um, but um, you can choose to interact with it in lots of different ways for a, you know a two to four year old um, and what, what we are learning very quickly is is developmentally very different than a four to six or six to eight year old and a two to four year old really wants to poke at the page and have lots of things um, amuse uh, the child and entertain the child but um, maybe less oriented to the story and more oriented to the interactive elements. And a four to six year old really is will sit um, for a story and you know will will have a more contemplative experience. And a six to eight year old, you know, really is starting to expect gaming. Uh, and after eight, um, they 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 not only want gaming, they demand it, and it better be good gaming. Um, so what we're looking at is, uh, you know, what I what I you know what I love about apps is and and. Uh, you know what intrigues me is the ubiquity of the the smartphone audience. You know the smartphones themselves are everywhere. Um, the tablet market is projected to grow to 180 million tablets in distribution by the end of next year. Um, wow. And uh, you know so the, this is the kind of explosion 
um, that's as revolutionary for reading as the introduction of the paperback book right after um, World War II. Um, you know, this will change reading habits, um, and it already is. Um, and it's it's perfectly reasonable to think that it will change the reading habits of children at the same time. So that's you know, if if it's going to change and we can't you know, we can't put a finger in the dike, we better make it as good as it can be. Um, and that's 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 what we're set, we've set out to do. Well, I absolutely agree um, with you about how it changes the way uh, we in general are reading, but especially with children, because I, I, I'm a person who comes from a bit of an IT background, and I love gadgets, I love tablets, iPhones, Android, all that stuff. And um, my first actual reading device I, I got, and it would seem that I'm a Luddite because I'm such a late adopter, but I, I do that for economic reasons, as you probably understand. Yeah, um, totally I, I, I finally got a Nook and just about a month or too, before what? the Nook color came out, because the price point was really good, it was actually a birthday present. But I told my wife to wait, <laughs> and sure. as soon as I got that, my kids they they, they like to read already, um, paper books and all that. But as soon as they got that, they all wanted a chance to do it. And um, my son, who usually loves to play a lot of games and things like that, he would actually sit there and read for for like an almost an hour, which is kind of unheard of for him, because it was on a cool device like a Nook and. Um, now, when you marry the the ability to read or or interact with books with apps like the ones I've seen for, on yours, um, I, I actually downloaded Andrew Answers, and right, that was right. loads of fun. If you put that together, and then you've really got you captured the hearts and minds of children. Because my my son is constantly fighting with me for my iPhone. He wants to play all the games and apps, and so um, it's it's just a wonderful thing. Um, you do have you noticed that uh, children are actually very intuitive with things like tablets and all that, even more so than... Well, you know, it, it, there are statistics um, uh, that are have been released on this. If you're in a household and you're a two-year-old, um, if you're in a household with a with an iPad or an iPhone, you're, um, you're three times more likely to be able to manipulate the iPad or iPhone successfully than you are able to tie your own shoes. <laughs> um, true. Now, again... <laughs> We don't make this world. We don't control this world. It is what it is. Um, however, um, and and I think it's an also it's a very important distinction um, to make. You know, are we trying to put the book out of business? Um, and uh, I can tell you, my my dad was a uh, was a uh, union printer and a letterpress printer. Um, I have you know ink in my blood. Um, so absolutely, my feeling is. Anything we do to propel interest in reading is great for everyone, and and we're not trying to displace reading. We're really trying to, you know, we we think it's either and, uh, not either or. Right. Right. I I think that when when you look at statistics, you probably know the statistics a lot better than I do because that's more the industry that you come from, being sure. in sales and all that. Um, uh-huh. Did you find that the rise of eBooks actually did it in any way help? bring in more readers now to, who might also now read paper books in, in addition to e-books? Did it actually enhance sales in any ways? Well, the, um, you know, what we found in the early days of, of e-books is that it started with the real hardcore um, audience, the romance readers, the mystery readers, the folks that uh, consume a lot of books and for whom the portability of the device and, and the ability to carry around a lot of books is really a great thing. Um, I became a, an avid e-book person because I like... I have this strange uh, habit that when I travel, I like to read in different kinds of books all at once. So mm-hmm. I'll, at any given time, I'll have a short story open. I'll have uh, 
nonfiction, historical nonfiction open, and uh, you know I might have a poetry book open. Carrying all those books is is kind of a pain. <laughs> so, uh, and you, you, I'm the guy who has like the four books tucked in the in the seat in front of you on the on the airplane. Um, so, uh, you know, which is admittedly an odd an odd thing, but but you know, just being able to carry with you many many uh, books is is great. And what has been uh, proven out, of course, is that because uh, you know there aren't these limitations, people are tending to buy more books um, because uh, you know they don't have to worry about where to put them um, or carrying them around. Um, and yeah. uh, and that's that's pretty interesting. Well, it's really nice. It is nice to have that um, portability of of many many different books or well anything you know even music. I know people like to listen to music. You can't carry your record player. Around. <laughs> right, and, and think but, of it from a, from a mom's standpoint. Um, yeah. You know, uh, in in this world, you can carry a library of two hundred books around with you for your kid. Um, oh wow, that's incredible. For are you talking for your apps? Yeah, apps and ebooks, and you know the uh, the, the sky. You're only limited by the memory on your sure. on your smartphone, or uh, but these memories are pretty big. Um, and uh, you know, I got to think that uh, you know the, the two things that have happened, which are retail prices have come down as a result of this, because um, you know there aren't the, the associated costs of printing and shipping and returns and all these kinds of things, but also. Uh, you know the um, the selection has improved, and and I think uh, kids are going to be exposed. At least this is my hope to a lot more yeah. great stories as a result. Oh, absolutely! Now, you know, I, I'm glad we we started talking about ebooks, um, and and that you know the the effect on ebooks. Uh, but my thinking was that it seems more that your apps might affect audiobooks. Do you have do you do you think that Ruckus Media's apps Ruckus Media Group's apps will have a similar effect on audiobooks. Yeah, I mean, I think um, you know the audiobook has been a, a standalone item for a long time. It's a relatively niche part of the of the book business. Um, the um, I you know I I think that um, you know it's probably more related to the music business than it is in the book business in some in some ways. Um, only in that you know you download an MP3 and um, uh, you know. For us, one one of the things that we had to learn, which we didn't begin being all that good at, is sound design. Um, mm-hmm. Because as a book publisher, you never were or rarely were in the position where you had to pay attention to the narration and the sound effects and these kinds of things. So that's one of the areas of, you know, which I pointed to, you know, maybe three, four months ago saying, you know, we got to get much better at this um, because we're competing with um, people who know a lot about sound design, you know, Disney and and people like that. So, um, yeah, I think, um, you know, for people who do what we do, um, you know, paying attention to animation, sound design, gaming, all the various disciplines, um, you know, takes everything up a notch. Well, okay, so so to follow up on that, on that um, answer, how involved are you with that sort of thing, with the, with the sound design, and, and um, how, how involved are you with the process of, um, or I should say the production of the applications? That's a good question, and if you'd like, I can take you through the basic steps of, um, and I'll be brief, um, the basic steps of how an app get made, gets made at oh, least at Rockus. Oh, um, I would think that would be like fabulous that. for our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it might help the audience a bit. Um, you know, basically what we, um, we're, we're a hybrid, uh, the creative process is a hybrid of, you know, traditional bookmaking and animation. Um, so our apps begin um, first as text, and then they go very quickly to storyboard, 
Um, and okay. then after and after storyboard, um, um, we uh, we chart out what um, we call it mechanical. What's going to happen mechanically within the app? How the app is going to be animated, or where the gaming is going to take place? Um, and at that point is typically where we would bring in an outside developer or or uh, use our own development team and, and take um, and begin to to create what are called animatics. Um, which you know show evidence of how the, these items are going to work, and then from there we go to an alpha product, which is um, you know what we test, and then a beta, which gets rigorously tested, and then a gold, which then goes out to Apple or to to Android for distribution. Um, so um, those are the steps. What we're a little unusual in, um, in is that we actually have often a um, you know a book editor in the mix with our with our creative folks and I think we're the only folks who do this. So uh Oh wow. Um so for instance we're, we're we'll be releasing David Carter's Spot the Dot um which is a fantastic it's really, you know, it's going to take us to a whole new level. That's coming up in um uh, early May, late April early May. And uh Mark Cheshire who's a wonderful editor uh, in the book business for a long time uh and one of David's first editors um, was arm in arm with David in creating this project, and David is a you know multi-million bestseller um, children's uh, uh, pop-up artist. Um, of course, we had to translate his skills to um, to creating new uh, uh, you know into this new media, um, and, and Mark was instrumental in that. Um, so it helps to have someone um, who is in between the people writing the code and the author illustrator. Who can um, you know? Who can help translate what the author is trying to get done to folks who write code? And you know, just because something can do something doesn't mean it should. If you know what I mean. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so uh, we need to have uh, you know some guideposts or guidelines in place um, when we're creating something in order to really make a great story. Um, so um, you know, the uh, we did the same thing with the present for Milo, which. Uh, um, is a fascinating should be a fascinating example, hopefully for your audience, in that we began it as a kids' book app. Ruben Pfeffer uh, was the executive producer. Um, he's got a great history in children's books, and uh, the book began on an app, and then a three-book book deal was sold on the back of the app. So the wow. app came first, right? Oh, isn't that funny? And what we successfully pr- have proven here is that apps, or you know, we can in, uh, you know we can initiate. Um, intellectual property on the iPad, iPhone, and um, the the digital um, creation is no longer a trailing right. It's actually the um, the place where this this intellectual property begins, mm. and that turns everything on its ear. I'm thinking there's a parallel to that also in, in in the ebook. I mean, I keep coming back to that only because that's what I relate to, even though I'm very fascinated with apps. But uh, I, I, if you look at certain certain people who have done um, e-books first and became, you know, pretty pretty well known in their space, and then later on became traditionally published. Uh, that there's a parallel. There. I'm thinking about people like Amanda Hawking, who I believe just signed a two million dollar deal with uh, with St. Martin's, but she started off just doing independently publishing her own e-books for Kindle or for the Nook. Um, so, well, I think if you watch us carefully over in the upcoming months. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be illogical that we would spread our rings, our, our wings, and, and broaden our range um, regarding, um, again, pure play digital publishing. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh-huh. you're going to see us in pure play digital publishing in lots of different areas, mm-hmm. um, and it won't be uh, it won't be limited to apps, but we'll always have a, you know a foot in that world, um, and that that I think is exciting because we, you know we can offer better compensation um, for authors um, in. Um, 
you know, in the the digital world because we we don't have the encumbrances of a, of a big infrastructure and warehouses and trucks and you know you know it's extremely inefficient traditional book publishing. Um, and then you know what we will do is we will treat the print publishing as a trailing right, as a, as a subsidiary right, in the wow. same way that oh, wow. uh, that Amazon has done with uh, Houghton Mifflin. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the, the Amazon Houghton Mifflin deal, yeah. um, but that's a that is a real watershed moment. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so so what we're we're hoping to do and we'll continue to do is is we're going to turn the model on its on its ear, where um, you know digital publishing arrives first. And why shouldn't it? That's fantastic. And, and, you know, I think that what you're doing there, and to use the phrase again, is cutting edge, and it's scalable. And that's one of the terms that I I think of, because uh, you're able to be prepared to adapt to whatever uh, market conditions change, our technology, our distribution models, our our, any media. And because I think at the core of it, what everybody's looking for is is a a good story and something that they can interact with and... um, Definitely looks like you're, you're in, in. Yeah, and, and you know, I am a book romantic, and I have, you know, I have a house full of books. But I, I can also tell you that, you know, in working one, at one of the large companies, uh, there was one day in early September when I went out to their warehouses, and they employed tw- 200 people in the warehouses, and the war- it was a 95 degree day, and the warehouse wasn't air conditioned. Wow. Um, so there's a side to the book business, um, which not a lot of people see, um, which is not so great. Um, for the people uh, people involved in it, and um, um, you know, and it's not a particularly efficient um, way of doing things. So, and nothing against you know traditional books, but we think um, there's perhaps a cleaner, more intelligent way of going about things. And certainly, things are the tides are changing, and, and you, you're definitely an authority to speak on that. Having spent, and if you don't mind, I'm going to just read a little bit from your bio. But you have spent 12 years at Simon and Schuster, where you were the president and publisher of children's publication, the publishing which um, Susan already said, you led the editorial, marketing, distribution, rights, and finance teams within the division from 1996 to 99, and again from 2002 to 2008. And under your leadership, the children's division grew from $55 million in sales to a high of $218 million and moved from an operating loss to an average of uh, 11% OBID, OBITDA, which is a term I'm not familiar with. But... Um, but that's very impressive, and it, and it definitely shows that you know from a, a, not just a little bit of experience, but a lot of experience about the the, the industry. Um, and given from there, I have a question that takes us back to a little bit to um, uh, the traditional model of, of uh, publishing, which in some ways I think it needs to adapt to uh, something more efficient if they want to stay solvent, or if they want to have a, uh, a decent cash flow. Um, could you talk to us a little bit about the process of sales? Because, uh, of, of, I mean, in the book, I mean, not the process of sales, but the process of a, the life cycle of a book, uh, a traditional book. Because I'm interested in this because I've recently um, entered into a contract, and um, and there's always talk about the editorial board has wants to know this, wants to know that as they're positioning the book for the release. So could you talk a little bit about what it's like from the point of acquisition of a title? To the release of, to the actual publication of titles, some of the steps that go in between. Those. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I'm happy to do that. The um, it, really the way I think about it is a little bit like um, you know when they light the Olympic flame, mm-hmm. and you have runners who are handing the fire from one one runner hands the fire to the next runner who hands it to the next. That's essentially um, what happens within a publishing house. Mm-hmm. Your acquiring editor, you know, lights the torch, right? 
They go to their meeting, uh, their acquisition meeting, you know, desperately um, trying to keep that, that flame lit and to hand it to the next um, group, which would be the, the editorial committee, who then in turn um, have to package, design it, get, you know, designers excited about it, get, uh, uh, you know, all teams, including the financial community, excited about it, um, who then in turn hand it to the sales organization, um, hopefully your torch is still lit when it gets there and your editor hasn't moved on to, you know, three other <laughs> publishing houses. Um, right. Because remember, the life cycle of a, of, a, of a print book, you know, can be two to three years. Um, you know, our life cycle is 12 to 16 weeks. Right. Um, wow. So, um, but, 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 but going back, um, the, um, uh, so, so, you know, you want to keep that, 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 that uh, fire lit. And the way you do that, you know, is by, I believe, it really starts with the originating editor and how passionate they are and their own credibility within the organization. Um, you know, just having a book signed up by a major house is not enough if, you know, the folks within the house, you know, don't respect the editor or, or um, you know, you know, it, it, it can't get the kind of attention or it, the, the purpose of the book or the premise of the book isn't presented in such a way that, that uh, you know, that, that torch stays lit. Um, so, you know, after coming out of, you know, all these – it lands in the sales folks' laps. They have literally 30 seconds in which to present your book in front of a buyer. Okay. Wow. Um, you know, and That's I spent a lot of time in sales. I ran the entire Simon & Schuster sales organization, and I can tell you that a lot of people didn't really understand that. Um, you know, I can tell you the editorial presentations were typically about 100 times longer than the actual sales presentation. Um the um, the buyer across the table is really looking for one thing, which is a, is a reason not to buy this book, mm-hmm. um, because there's so many books offered to them, um, and uh, you know it really comes down again to credibility, um, the credibility of the salesperson, and that every good salesperson is choosing which books they're going to feature and which books they're not going to feature, and you know so the salesperson becomes critical in that in that mix, and if that that uh, torch has gone out for any reason. Um, you're at the bottom of that bag, and you know your thirty per- your thirty seconds becomes either a skip or a you know a ten second. Oh. Um, uh, and uh, you know, and then of course the buyer takes it in, and then it's back to the publicity folks to see what they can do to drive traffic and drive interest um, in a general uh, uh, at, a, at a general level. And, and of course, most people think probably still that the book tour is you know has any bearing at all. Um, you, you know, I could say it does actually, but you have to tour for a long time and meet a long a lot of people. And there were a few people that understood it. Like uh, I remember sitting with Mary Higgins Clark in a, in a Kroger's somewhere in the Midwest, and uh, you know it hadn't really been that presented, you know, promoted that well. And we had like five people, and then we waited there for 45 minutes with no one with Mary Higgins Clark. Uh-huh. Um, so you know these things can can go really right and they can go really wrong, and it happens in every you know, in every situation, but, um, um, you know, the, the most important thing is, and, and, and if you were to back it up a step, you'd, you'd say how excited is the author, how engaged is the author, and, uh, you know, how, how well has the author done it, it, uh, it, 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 you know, really building the torch to begin with. Um, so uh, I guess that, you know, I, I hope I haven't, you know, taken, taken that analogy to the point of being overwrought, but... Uh, oh, no. Um, you know that is, you know, from a person who was in the industry for a long time, and um, you know, the the thing I guess that's hardest to understand is, 
you know, at, at SNS, uh, at one point we were publishing, even in the kids' division, 800 books a year. We mm-hmm. cut it back to about 600 books a year, which is still a hell of a lot of books, um, mm-hmm. just within the kids' division. Um, the company was doing about 2,000 uh, books wow. a year. So um, that's a lot for people to keep track of and, uh, you know, um, and still somehow, like a miracle, books pop out, um, become bestsellers, get the kind of attention that they that they want but uh, and that they need. But uh, it is a... Um, you know, really the book business is about, the traditional book business is, throw, is about throwing a lot against the wall and hoping something sticks. And you mentioned that um, a big factor is how excited or engaged is the author. Does Is that something that um, is taken into consideration there? Like if the author uh, comes to them with a kind of a growing platform already that they have that they're yeah. working well, on? Yeah, it depends on the category. For instance, in nonfiction, if the author comes with a, with a platform, that's critically important, you know, self-help you know, it's 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 absolutely necessary. Um, in uh, um, but there are, are other factors like how what we used to call mediagenic uh, genic the person was. You know, can can they be put on a on a radio show? Can they be mm-hmm. put in front of a television? Or are they going to be able to hold their own? Or are they a shrinking violet? And if they are a shrinking violet, well, they better be a damn good writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, that's these are the kinds of things that publishers take into account. Um, when they're, um, uh, you know, when they're weighing whether or not to take on a book. Wow, you know, this is incredible. I, I love listening to you talk about it. Um, you can really tell that you do love the the industry that you're in. Um, I have a question, um, and uh, you touched on it, but I'd like to uh, to ask uh, to ask your advice of children's stories, authors, how they might um, approach you. you. You mentioned that you might be going directly or purchasing directly from authors, correct? Yeah, no, we will be, and we already are, actually, yeah. You are, okay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so what is the process? Is this agented only? Is this? Um, uh, do you have your submission guidelines on your website? Yeah, actually, we, yep, it's so on our website, and we have a uh, submission uh, portion of our website. Um, we respond to every submission. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, so it, it's right on our website. Well, that's wonderful because you know our show is dedicated to authors and and promoting authors and their work and um, and of course Ruckus Media Group falls right into that category because of the authors that you do publish um, and you know it's going to help those authors as well and sell their apps and I just love this idea of apps it, it shows that you and your company um, and the people that work behind you, which is like a team of all-star basketball players, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I That's mean, great. That's really great. It's, it's unbelievable. I was reading yeah. down through the list, and you have some of the most heavy hitters I've ever I've ever read uh, in a, in a, um, on a website. So it's very exciting for me to see the kind of people that you've surrounded yourself with. Um and you know i can i can also i'm sure uh joshua agrees with me here can tell that you are very romantic um it is a, a romantic thing for you the love of books the love of writing and reading and and obviously the love of children or you wouldn't be in this particular um or you, you can never of, feel you know i i joke that you can never feel badly about doing what we do um, no. You know, it isn't. It isn't like we're making napalm, or uh, <laughs> you, know, uh, uh, 
you know, we're we're at the time in the last 20 minutes of a parent's day, you know, when kids are spread out with their parents, and uh, you know, it just doesn't get any better than that. You know, in, in our opinion, um, that that is what people live for are those 20 minutes. Um, absolutely, and, and we want to be there. Parents, yeah, absolutely. And I think it it just shows it shows that you know they. This this whole because I loved listening to your analogies the the passing of the flame and you said words like it's a miracle and and the, these phrases really show that you're passionate about the um, the applications books the industry and this new age of publishing um, is there anything that you would like to tell us about Ruckus Media that you have not um, that you haven't no. covered. At well, you point. know what I would say. Um, you know, we're um, we're not a huge conglomerate. We're really just, uh, you know, about a dozen people working as hard as we possibly can every day. And uh, um, you know, I would only ask people to spread the word. Um, you know, we're we're uh, we're tilting at windmills, and they're you know, big corporate windmills. And uh, you know, we believe that uh, you know it, the time is absolutely right um, for a company like ours to to go forward and succeed. And employ lots of people and, you know, and employ lots of writers and illustrators and, um, and that there's nothing wrong with that. And if I hadn't done it once before with Candlewick, um, you know, I'm, I might believe less that we could do it, but I know we can do it. Um, but it, it actually comes down at the end of the day to, uh, you know, a, a listener like yours talking to another person and saying, hey, have you heard? Um, and that's, that's what our hope is. And that's exactly what I'm going to be doing, and I know Joshua yeah. will as well. Absolutely. And we will be—I will um, add your link to my website, and I definitely will put your page as a favorite on Facebook. By the way, you're on Facebook, and your um, Ruckus Media Group is on Facebook, correct? That's correct. I'm—I'm I'm the guy with the yellow hat. <laughs> you're the <laughs> okay. Good to know. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I, and I will cross link you on my social sites as much as possible. But we just are so honored that you are here today. We ha- thank you from the bottom of our heart. And um, I know that um, children's book readers and listeners of children's stories will be clamoring for this product. This is a fabulous product, and um, and we just hope for the best for your your company and your success for this because it's a noble cause. Well, so thank, thank you. you very it's been much. great to talk to you. You guys are great. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so much. welcome. Thank you. Take care. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye uh-huh. Bye-bye. Wow. That was mm. amazing. Wow. Um, what, a, what a privilege to have somebody at that level with us. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, he's quite a quite a, a visionary and um it's just a real honor to um to have spoken with him and, and just had a, a, a lovely chat. I mean, he he's, like I said, I can't, I'm going to repeat this, but he's passionate about his work, about his company, about children's stories, about the whole, you know, the whole genre of children's book um, stories, um, everything. I mean, it's just a great, great opportunity for for the world right now. And that was my thinking was, how is this going to affect audiobooks? Well, I think it's going to affect audiobooks much in the way that ebooks have affected print books. So um, it's going to be exciting. It's going to, you know, it's going to add to what we can do. You know, so I'm I'm very excited about this um, and very happy that we we uh, got to speak with Rick Richter today with R- Ruckus Media Group. It's great to have somebody who um, has such a deep knowledge and understanding of the industry 
that and he's not really like competing against traditional publishing or paper books or anything like that but in fact um you know when you reach to the younger audiences what you're doing is actually creating more readers and you know that that helps everybody that helps our our society become a a more learned society a more civilized society but it also helps um the the print because print books I don't think are ever going away but um yep. What's going to happen is that you're going to have more of an audience, more of a customer base now. People who, sure, they're going to enjoy using apps and they're going to enjoy e-books, but they're still going to go out and buy books as well. But there are just more people now who otherwise may not have been introduced to the love of reading. So um, I really like his the way he brings it across, um, it's a, and especially that part about what they're doing, their vision, you know, being uh, dealing with the last 20 minutes of a day that the parents have with each other. It's it's wonderful. I mean, Isn't I, that beautiful? I, yeah, I, as a parent myself, those last 20 minutes, you know, are, are very precious, have always been precious because um, after the hubbub of an, and busyness of an entire day, this is a time that you and your child get to sit down together or lie down in the bed together and read a book together. And, um, and it's a very intimate time that, that you can bond, and we usually do it over books. And what a fun way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to... Um, Mention also, I'm going to read right from this uh, this document I have in front of me. It says Rick oversaw. Now he's he's talking about at um, Simon and Schuster. Rick oversaw the creation of He's Just Not That Into You and Yes Man, and also Olivia, The Spiderwork Chronicles, and Click Clack Moo. Fran- those franchises. Okay, so they, they, this is um, this is after you know they were. In print, this was the franchising of them. So he like was, um, yes, and um, and he also had in 2008 his team placed 49 different New York Times bestsellers Uh-oh. and won numerous literary prizes. So in 2008, they had Simon and Schuster had 49 New York Times bestsellers on the list. Wow. Isn't that something? And that, his, his, his team was responsible for it. Wow. Absolutely. His dedication to um, any of his interests are so above and beyond what is normally seen. And it's just fabulous to, to he goes into it with, uh, from what I can tell, with this attitude of it has to be done because it's just the right time and we need to do it in the best possible way that we can. So, and you can tell i mean any you know obviously so and then he of course we know that he was the founder of candlewick press in cambridge one of the co-founders um and uh and now he's with ruckus media group and and it says ruckus media group is a new mobile family entertainment company dedicated to creating apps and other forms of entertainment that will delight kids and parents our goal is to disrupt the traditional publishing model by delivering high-quality intellectual property digitally and efficiently and through state-of-the-art digital marketing. So, And I think that's what they're doing. Um, what a great brand message. Yes, absolutely. So uh, I'm very excited that he was our guest today. Um, what a – I'm just – I'm flabbergasted kind of. And what a nice guy, too. I mean, somebody at that really high level who's working in – you know, millions or billions of dollars of revenue and responsible for such high-level achievements. And he's just like a, a, a really friendly person that you that you, you would talk to, you don't feel intimidated by. Well, I mean, 
you know, personally. I mean, professionally, yeah, I feel a little intimidated in his presence. But, but personally, what, what a great guy. And you know, that just goes to show something that we've been we've been saying that I, you and I have been noticing that sometimes the more successful a person is, the the more generous they are with themselves, and um, and they don't have the need to um, puff themselves up or become pompous or condescending. Um, it's very interesting that the, the the most successful people we've come across happen to be these very kind um, and humble people as well. Absolutely, yeah. And what what a, I mean, what a what a great thing to say about some of the people, the leaders in our industry, in the publishing industry. We've got these people that we can hang on their hands, you know. And I know that sounds kind of odd, but I mean. These are the people that we can grab onto and swing from their hand because and they and why wouldn't we want to do that? Why wouldn't we want to be associated with someone as wonderful as Rick Richter with Ruckus Absolutely. Media Group or with any of the other um authors that we've spoken with on our show? I mean, we've had some like you said Joshua, we've just had some fabulous guests on our show and um and and speaking of fabulous guests on our show, who do we have next week? Next week um, we have Aaron Patterson, who is a best-selling uh, novelist. He's had number one bestsellers on Amazon.com. He's, he's in e-books. He's in print. He's also the the um, leader of Stonehouse Inc., which is an independent press, doing some really great things. They're very innovative in their in their presentation and marketing as well. He's uh, going to be our, our guest next week, and I, I, I think he'll wear a couple of different hats as both writer as uh, president and CEO of his publishing company and uh, several other things. Uh, he's also going to be a uh, guest spe- uh, guest blogger on my blog next week, uh, a couple of days before our Thursday episode. So I'm really excited to have him. He's a really nice guy and very really brilliant guy in my opinion, too. So really looking forward to having Aaron Patterson next week. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to talk with him. I know that you guys have had a, uh, some interaction before, but this will be my first time, so I'm very excited about talking with him. He he is a fabulous author. So, um, But do you have anything that you'd like to uh, chat about just before um, we, we sign off? I just wanted to say it's great to be back, and I'm glad that you know, you're back. It seems we both had some time off, and now we're back in full swing, even though I, I understand that you and I are both a little bit under the weather, but Susan, you did great considering how 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 um, you know we're fighting colds and all that. Um, but it, as I said, great to be back, and I'm looking forward to many more episodes with you. And I want to thank all of our listeners for faithfully tuning in, whether you're listening to us live right now or whether you're listening to our podcast after the fact. We hope you'll continue to join us, and also hope that you'll invite your friends to listen to us too. Remember, you don't have to be listening live. You can just click the link and listen to us anytime. That's right. That's right. And um, anytime you think that we've done a great job, we'd love to hear from you too because we are on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and MySpace, and we're just uh, we're all over the place. So um, we'd love to hear from you. And we do um, talk to uh, you know we 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 enjoy chatting with our um, listeners and any and our readers for that matter. So. Um, anytime that you have a comment or a question, we're there on Facebook, Twitter. We're here on Blog Talk Radio, and aren't we lucky that we have these new uh, platforms to um, to speak from and to listen to people and to chat with you as well, our listeners in our chat room. So thank you, um, 
everybody that joined us today. We're we're so happy that we're back. I'm happy that I'm back. Uh, it's wonderful to to have Joshua Graham, my co-host, be just the the wonderful gentleman that he always is. I'm I'm happy to to be doing this with you, Joshua. You're great. It's a pleasure. Yeah, the pleasure's mine. And hey, so until next week on Dialogue Between the Lines, I'm Susan Wingate with Joshua Graham, and we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.